Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the nine to five mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Creative Income. I'm your host, Lars Lindstrom. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. Um, It is just the worst time to be a filmmaker right now. You know, there's like, I've got some buddies that are still in the music video realm and they're doing lots of cool things. Uh, my guest today, Brian Beckwith, is one of those guys. I feel like he's he's consistently stayed busy throughout the strike um, with uh, with some music videos, a couple commercial projects. Um, he's a very talented cinematographer. I'm, I'm, I'm happy he jumped on. Uh, really interesting, unique visual style, visual language, whether it's music videos or commercials. I definitely see the same kind of color profiles and lens profiles and camera settings come through. Um, if you haven't, uh, go check out his Instagram, uh, the DP, uh, Brian Beckwith. Um, really beautiful stuff. Anyway, uh, back, back to the matters at hand. How you guys doing? Uh, everybody hanging in there? You know, films are really just completely dry and shut down right now. Uh, obviously, with the SAG strike still happening. Um, and commercials this year just didn't really hit it, man. It was uh, all those interest rates going up. The marketing budgets are the first to go and get slashed. So we're just kind of hanging in there. Um, you know, if you <laughs> if you want to hit me up, let me know how you're doing. You make sure make sure you're doing okay, taking care of yourself. Uh, just just uh, take this time to be with friends and loved ones. And if you're not working, and if you are, then congratulations. I'm happy for you. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the episode, and then we'll recap at the end. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for being here, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you, man. Let's get it. Yeah, my hype. Let Let's get it. All right. Yeah. Tell me, talk, uh, tell the audience where you come from. Where are you from? Actually, I don't even know this. Uh, so I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York, originally. I grew up there. Uh, went to film school in Chicago and then moved to LA like immediately after. So I've been out here for like nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Did you did you go to film school for cinematography specifically, or was it just like a generic film school? Uh, I did. Program? I did. I'm one of the rare that went to school for cinematography and used my degree. I guess <laughs> um, I went to Columbia College Chicago, and I was fortunate enough to be in a good program. Like. A lot of the other students complained because they cared so much about cinematography. So it was definitely beneficial to me. Like, you know, we shot on 16, we shot on 35, like we, we learned some great things. So definitely, uh, I had a good experience for sure. That's cool. Do it for, for those uh, wondering, do you think film school is, is something that you should do if you want to be in the film industry or is it something that you can kind of take it or leave it? Um, I think, I feel like most people say, no, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement. It comes down to, to financial, which is uh, creative income. So that's what this is about, right? So that, we're here, I we're mean, doing it. <laughs> if you're in a position, um, whether that be family, scholarships, whatever, you won the lottery, I would say do it. Uh, if you're going to take out lots of loans, I would say don't do it. <laughs> what was that uh, position like for you? Were you able to, were you in a, in a good enough spot where? you had some opportunity and it uh, didn't cost an arm and a leg and you didn't have to take out $200,000 in loans or, or did you do the loan? <laughs> yeah. Th- th- thankfully. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to go to school in New York where I'm from and I was, my grades were too bad to even get into Brooklyn college. They didn't even hit me back. I wanted to go to SVA. SVA was way too expensive. Um, it was like 50 or 60 grand a year. And then like, I remember I toured it and I asked them like what gear they had and they had like, okay gear. And then they were like, well, most kids just buy like Elitis 35 millimeter adapter for the HVX. You know, this is 
like 20, whatever, 2010, you know? So I was like, oh, damn, I can't, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not in that tier. So um, my mom actually helped me find <laughs> Columbia College Chicago and then scholarships. Uh, and that, that definitely helped me out. So thankfully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Now, was it something that were you guys, was it very hands-on or was it more theory based? Yeah, it, it was hands-on and I finessed it to make it the most hands-on possible. Right. So that's another thing like is, you know, what, what do you think about film school? It's like, well, it's about the individual, right? Like you can work yeah. at Starbucks and then go on to be a multimillionaire, you know, you can, or go to film school and then do whatever. So it's like, it, it's definitely about the individual. Um, I was shooting every weekend. I would, counterfeit you needed a green light shit just like a sheet to get equipment and i counterfeited them so i could shoot every weekend and i would just go out and shoot like b-roll in abandoned buildings because that's all i wanted to do explain that that one time what did you what was what did you do so like you know most film schools like they have a gear cage and then like twice a semester or whatever they might give you like a a chit or it's like a sheet that's approved for you to get gear so Uh it was just a piece of paper so i just went to office depot and got the same neon color paper and just made it and i was just shooting every weekend you know it's like stuff like that it's like i was like why am i going here if i'm not shooting you know or i wouldn't i wouldn't have gone if i wasn't shooting you know and that's one of the things that i asked was like you know do you shoot because i know especially like usc like a lot of these kids don't even get to touch gear and you know learning like like i just watched a podcast with ty lopez he talks about like how humans learn and you said like 80% of humans learn, forget the word for it, <laughs> but it's basically by doing right. Not by like sitting visual, down. Yeah. And like, it's like a visual yeah. medium. And, and I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't figure out, I mean, there's obviously um, theoretical subjects to cinematography to learn, right. You know, it's just like, you want to compel a, a story and, and, and you can talk about how you can do that visually. But um, the, the only way for me, the best way, yeah, like 80, 90% of it is hands-on experimenting experience with, uh, with equipment. Totally yeah, agree with that for sure. Yeah. So what, what, how do you, yeah. Go ahead. Oh man, that's the that's the lag. Um, no, no. I was gonna say, speaking of equipment, I've seen I've seen you post a lot of gear for sale and make a lot of sales in the Facebook uh, marketplace group. So, like, are you are you a gear broker? Do you broker deals? No. Is that all your stuff or? That's all my stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm a gear slut, man. I I uh, I've always kind of. For me, the mentality was first out of convenience for me, right? It's like I wanted to be able to, on a whim, you know, I get a call on Thursday. Someone says, hey, can you come out tomorrow morning uh, and shoot this thing for us? Um, Being able to just pick up a camera and some lenses and go and maybe a couple lights or something. It started out as convenience, um, number one, and then it it turned into like, oh, I can actually make more money on this or I can, you know, get a rental fee for my kit. you know, for a camera or from a lighting package, eventually lighting truck or whatever, um, on, on this, on this film or commercial or whatever it be. So no, I, I love gear gear for me worked out really well for the first uh, decade and it still does. I'm, I, I'm get, getting to the point though, where I'm trying to scale back a little bit. Like I'll, I'll always have like my camera body, uh, or two and a couple sets of lenses that I really enjoy, um, for those lower budget shoots. Um, but like, I mean, I don't need to be a rental house. You know what I mean? I don't need, I don't need 20 sets of lenses. I just, I don't need them. So that's kind of where I'm so, at right so now. So is that why you want to scale back just to like focus more on like the creative? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, there's a lot of shoots still that I do that are 
are low budget enough that I can't go to old fast glass or Boca or something like that and just like test all the lenses or Panavision and, and say, this one should be, um, K 35s. Like I, I'm not like I'm doing mostly TV movies. Um, mm. and they're, and they're just kind of like, Hey, here's our flat rate for camera package. Can you do it or not? It's a three week rental. Um, can you make it happen? Yes, I can. I'm going to bring Tokina Vista primes or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's just like, <laughs> that, that budget, uh, suits this. And then every once in a while you'll get a commercial and they're like, yeah, like, I don't know, like whatever, what do you, what do you want to shoot this on? And at that point, yes. Like I can go, okay, well, what's the, let me talk to the director. What's the visual language? What style are we going for? And is this a K35 shoot or is this a signature prime shoot? And then we can, we can kind of just test lenses and go from there. But, nice. um, but for the most part, like the, the bread and butter for me, what I do primarily is, is the, like, I've, here's what I have. I'm going to bring it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we don't have, we don't have the time, the resources, the prep days to, to go figure out what this is going to be on. This is an ultra prime shoot because that's what I have and that's what I have available and that's what you can afford. So yeah. you really have of, 20 sets of lenses? No, no. I've got, um, super speeds, uh, Cook, uh, Speed Pancros, Ultra Primes, Signature Primes, uh, Tokina Vista Primes, um, Zelmi Santamorphic, and that's about it. Jeez, that's six. Yeah. Not bad. There you not go. Bad. Yeah, we're six. Yeah, no, not 20. <laughs> for, a, for a long time, that's what I thought I was going to do. I, I like this consignment idea, and my, and my idea was to get like a new set of lenses a year, or maybe mm-hmm. even two, like one or two sets of lenses a year, and just drop them in consignment, and eventually, yeah, get to the point where I had 20 sets. And, and just live off the consignment. <laughs> That's but sick. I've had that thought I too. Love, I love the idea, but it's it's just it's not really panning out like I thought it would. And it's and you know you just, this year sucks for for what I do. You know, it's just like commercials just almost non-existent because interest rates went up and uh, marketing budgets got slashed. And then SAG strike, writer strike. So I'm just yeah. kind of hanging out. And it's uh, I got all these payments for these lens sets and. And not a lot of overhead, you know. So yeah, I hear you, man. There's a lot of lot of uh, used gear going for for some great prices if you're a buyer right now. Great great time to buy. I know, that time. I know. it's a terrible time to sell. And I, you, like you said, you saw a couple of my things on online for sale. I'm trying to get rid of that Alexa left body. And, Dude, uh, I saw that. I was thinking about. it. I was like, damn. You know why? Because it has slow mo and open gate. I know. For music, I know. Like, I know. Ooh, it's got like 150 or 120. No, no, not that high. It's something like seventy-five, I think. Seventy-five, maybe, maybe it is actually. If you shoot uh, Ari Raw, Dude, yeah, yeah, it might, it might be ninety or something like that. Maybe ninety to one twenty. I don't know. That's, it might be. It's like honestly, yeah, that's because I, I think the, um, the Mini LF only does like what forty-eight frames or something like that. Yeah, it does forty in open gate. Forty, forty in open gate. Then yeah. sixty in you know UHD, and then and you gotta the, go to like H three point eight, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's, that's actually, I picked it up because I, I did enough two camera shoots where I have my Alexa mini LF and then, and I bought the LF to be like a companion, you know, just something side by side. And then the slow-mo option, of course, it was just like, cause a lot of times, I mean, it could just be a B cam where it just lives on, on the uh, Chapman dolly or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, and just a great B cam. So I don't know. I go back and forth, man. It's just like, it's just cause it's slow that I want to get rid of it. <laughs> Like, but as soon, as soon as things pick up, I'm going to love having it. I can almost guarantee it. Totally. Yeah. So, but I want to let's just, let's jump back to you, Brian. Um, so yeah. you come, you come to Los Angeles, did you come straight to LA after you graduated? Yes. The day I graduated, um, I moved 
Um, and the day, was like, the day we spent no time wasting time. No, zero time. And it was, all right, so at the time it was like $3,500 to rent a U-Haul truck from Chicago to LA, right? And that was because like the mileage was crazy. And then yeah. those pods, you know, that they ship to you and you ship was like similar. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't even have an address in LA to ship. I, like, where am I going to ship this to a random street? Like, I can't yeah. just do that. So um, I was like the Cra- I was the Craigslist king. I really feel like I could sell anything on Craigslist. So I was like, dude, I could buy like a beat up cargo van for $3,000. This is 2014. And I was like... Yeah. I, I could just buy it and then sell, you know, drive there, sell it when I get there and lose what, $500? It's like a $500 rental. So that's why I did. I yeah. bought a <laughs> rusted, I mean, Chicago. So this van is just rusted shit. It's uh-huh. a blue old Sears van. Like you could, it was so dirty. You could see where they had the magnets that said Sears on, on the side. Did that ratchet, bro, it's so crazy. I ratchet strapped my bed to the ladder rack and drove across country, you know, the like. I love it, man. Yeah. Anyways, so. Did that and then um, decided, I don't even know, where are we going? Oh, what, how did I move to LA? Yeah, so I just moved to LA immediately and just hit the ground. As Gary V would say, I ate shit in the beginning. I just ate shit for two years. Yeah, what did that look like? Talk, talk to me about, yeah, was it like Craigslist or Facebook market? Like, like where, where were you looking for jobs and what kind of jobs were you taking? Man, this is like, remember Mandy.com? Yeah, I remember Mandy. Yeah, yeah man. I got, so, I got my first my first feature film roundabout came through Craigslist. Let's go. So, yeah, Do let's you go. Still, I mean, how'd that pan out? Uh, I mean, that's I've shot like 39, 40 films now, so it's like, yeah, wow. it panned out great. But um, yeah, that I mean, that relationship turned into a great friendship. Um, nothing really beyond that work wise. It was, but it but it, it was one of those things where it just opened the next door. And, and led me to where I am today. Like, absolutely. Without that first film, I wouldn't have been where I am today, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, that, unfortunately, my, my experience wasn't as good as that. I, I would just, dude, I was just anything and everything, right? Like, you would shoot for free, shoot for $100, $200. Yeah. I was doing, like, YouTube soda reviews for $100. I had, like, a 5D Mark III and like soda reviews what do you mean like, this, kid, soda? You know, this kid had like a soda channel he would like review sodas like but that shout out to that guy that actually led to his girlfriend who worked at a corporate company to like me shooting corporate interviews for them so like you said oh. like you never know how it pans out you really don't man i just like and i always like talk about the the power of doing freebies at first you know when you first start start out like you meet a lot of people and you see you do those freebies and then it's it just like if you if you do it right if you can kind of feel it out and get an idea of, of who the people are and make sure you're not going to be completely taken advantage of it really does lead to some pretty cool stuff yeah totally man totally. so were you shooting on you, you had like a 5d you said yeah i had a 5d mark three then i was able to upgrade to a red epic then i got a mini and that, how'd you how'd you how'd you buy the red epic um man <laughs> i got it used um uh-huh. for pretty cheap and it yeah, yeah it, it it helped helped my career a lot at did the you time. buy it, did you buy it cash or did you finance it somehow yeah yeah i bought it cash man um and it so you just you just hustled really, on Craigslist and just like little jobs turned into corporate jobs and then corporate kind of paid the bills and you were able to save save up a little money and you and you bought a Red Epic. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, man. Like I've always been a really good saver, you know, not like the best investor or like how to multiply that, but really good at saving. Like that's just kind of 
how I was raised. So um, even like when I moved to LA in that van, I had some some money saved up because in college I was just working every second I could. Like I was, you know, bus boy, food runner and shooting DJ events, music videos, shooting, editing, whatever. Like I was just going nonstop. So, um, yeah, man, just slowly but surely did that. And then the the mini I had financial help with getting that um, with a dude from Chicago and then I eventually paid it off and then it was mine. And then from there, it's just like history. Like I've just been buying everything cash after. Uh, so yeah. Talk to me about that, about the caliber of jobs though, like going from a 5D Mark three to a red Epic to an Alexa mini. Um, you, you obviously must have been making more and more money to justify upping your camera game. Um, so what, how did you get those jobs? Who are you talking to? How are you hustling? What, uh, websites are you uh, using? What resources did you, did you have? Like talking about some of that early day hustle. So, um, some of my, like, as far as connections was, some of them transferred from Chicago when I was a junior in, uh, like I said, like I was shooting videos in Chicago, shooting and editing music videos in Chicago. So like when I was a junior, I got a deal for this record label in Venice beach. So like summer of junior year in between summer junior and senior year, I was like in LA shooting 10 music videos, shooting, editing 10 music videos. So when I moved out here, like I had some of those connections, Cool. they weren't great, but still like, I still had some people, some guys from Chicago would come out to LA to shoot their video. Um, so that like, I don't know, like Craigslist was cool, but it really didn't pan out and I wouldn't, I wasn't getting anything. And I was like, why am I not getting job. So one day I like reverse engineered the post. I was like, I'm going to make a post looking for a DP with a camera for whatever thousand dollars or whatever, like a solid rate at the time. You know what I mean? For low, like low budget world, that is not solid rate at all, by the way, people were yeah. like at the time on, you know, people grinding anyways. So I made a post within an hour, bro. I had over 200 emails. I'm not even joking, bro. So it's like and impossible. Bro, and, and, and these were guys yeah. like guys that were repped. I had people like gaffers with five tons, like, "Hey, I'm hungry." Like, I got this, and I'm like, "What the heck?" I was like, "This is why I'm not getting anything." And that's that mm-hmm. was my intro to LA, and that's why LA gets a bad rep with other <laughs> states of just like, you know, the whole gear thing. And there's so there's a gear influx and overload of gear, as you know, two LA guys are talking about all the gear we own. You know, <laughs> but it's what do you own? So, so you, do you were you able to? You have a LF now or a mini LF? I right now I have a mini LF and Alexa 35 as far as cameras and and a Bolex. I have a Bolex H16 reflex standard 16 and then a super 16 PL mount and some like VHS cameras because it's super in right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the music video world. Yeah, for real. Which is, which is what you do. I mean, I, you're, you're, if you check out your website, it's very, it's like a very stylized look. You do a lot of commercials, branded content and the music videos. Um, Talk to me about, uh, that that world and is that what you want to be doing? Are you uh, satisfied with the kind of work you're doing right now? Yeah, I mean, I think right. We always want more. Um, definitely striving yeah. for more. I just want to be doing like in demand for like the coolest short form content, whatever you know, whether it's a commercial or a documentary um, or branded piece, music video, like whatever. Just I like changing it up, so I shoot all types of short form, and and yeah, I really enjoy it for sure. Yeah. Do you want, are you interested in long, in long form content at all? Like a a narrative feature or anything like that? Yeah. I'm in, I'm in contract to shoot my first one next year. Hopefully it happens. 
Yeah. We'll see. Um, but you know what, man? I really related to a lot of like what Patrick was. So I listened to his podcast last night and like a lot of what he was saying, like, I don't know if that's, yeah. it's weird. Like in my life goals, shooting a notable feature film is in there. Like I want to be the sure. grandpa and people are like, oh, like that guy, like that guy's father shot this movie that we saw growing up. Like that's a sick goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But I would love to. All right. So like right now it's like, man, I've shot you know, 10 videos for this artist. Like I'm trying to be there with commercials. Like, man, I've shot 10 Home Depot commercials and five Crest commercials. Cause then once I'm there, then I'll be like, I feel like I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to like really conquer narrative world. Like once I'm, once I've done it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, or, or if it makes sense, I shot a, I shot a short film called Story Ave that uh, actually was turned into a feature and is in theaters now. Um, shout out to Aristotle. He's one of the only people mm-hmm. I've seen make their movie and actually get distribution and it be like a pretty good success. It's, it's, uh, it's doing, it's doing pretty good. So. So you shot the, you shot the short film version of it. Mm-hmm. I shot the short that, that got the director Aristotle into Sundance director's lab and screenwriting lab. And then he made it into feature, got funding, mm. made a feature out of it. So, yeah. How, um, what was that? What was that like? Was it uh, a producer issue that they couldn't bring you on for the feature length? Yeah, yeah, you didn't, have, you didn't have the experience or something. Yeah, studio politics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, major bummer. Yeah, <laughs> super bummer. Um, what do you What do you do to feel satisfied? It's like what I what I get from now, and I'm going through the same thing, man. So it's like, like, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world. There's a lot of people that listen to the podcast, even that are that are wanting so badly to be in our shoes, even. And mm-hmm. and I'm I, I try to reflect on that. I try to to be aware of what other people are going through. What what do you do in your personal life to feel satisfied at all if if you do and if if not talk to me about that as well. But so, sorry to hit you with a question but so do you yeah. get you get a lot of feedback from listeners like what do I got to do to get where you are like I'd love to just be there or? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I get I get messages on Instagram and 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 feedback from people uh you know it's just like how did you do what you did and it's like a lot of it I talk on the podcast you know what I mean like like just you and I are talking about you know we we hustled we did Craigslist jobs we worked for free we did what we could and and something finally stuck and a lot of it didn't but something finally did and and it turned into the next job um but I I'm just like for me I'm just kind of going through this this satisfaction loop right now where it's just like I'm I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied. <laughs> Do you know sure. what I mean? It's like, like I'll, I'll never be satisfied until I'm like Roger Deakins. You know what I mean? And I've shot with the Coen brothers or it's like, that's, that's obviously a stretch, but, um, but I'm kind of serious about it. You know, it's just like, I, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I, I don't think it is, you know, it's just like, but, but what do I do now? And what do you do now to just be like, you know what? My life is dope. And what I do is fun and it's awesome. And I'm satisfied with the work for where I'm at right now. For sure. Well, this is dope. You, you want to get deep, man. We could get deep. I, Let's get deep, I Brian. I serious conversations with people all the time. People always make fun of me because I'm like, I don't, I hate small talk. I'll just ask people real ass questions like this. But yeah, I mean, first thing I would say is comparison is a thief of joy, right? That yes. you're always going to want more. You make your first 10 million, you're going to want to make a hundred million. You know, the, the man <laughs> with the yacht wants the bigger yacht and all that stuff. So and he wants a Gulf stream. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, there's a book called uh, the art of not giving a fuck. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it kind I just of, read it. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's cool, but it's kind of like, you know, except 
not accepting failure, but like being content with that. And like everyone's mm-hmm. life, you know, is an Instagram, the highlight reels, you're going to go through ups and downs. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, I think about this, this same subject a lot. I'll be like, all right, like what are like what are some of my favorite days I've had? Like what are the what are my mm-hmm. best days in life? Like what was I doing? And most of the time you're hanging out with friends, you maybe shot something that you really like, you know, hanging out with friends, making money together, or something like that. And then I was like, yeah. should I be chasing that? And I was like, I don't know if that I'm that's like I'm just chasing the dopamine of that. I don't know if that's healthy. And then I'm like, well, all these people, all these really successful, I, like all I do is listen to podcasts, bro. Of like entrepreneurs and self-help podcasts and they all say the same thing about just like it's the journey right it's not you know you have 20 lenses and then you're happy it's it's the journey or you don't have you know but so that's what they say but i think i think we're all trying to figure it out and i think that uh like you said like as soon as your work comes back it'll help you like just forget about it as i think you're right man maybe that's it maybe we're all just going through just a tough year it's just a tough year and it's just uh but have you have you been able to because i know music videos and, and even a lot of your branded content and commercials are they're non-union, um, mm-hmm. a lot of times, right? And so, have you been able to stay busy this year? Yeah, thankfully, thankfully, I'm at that level that it's not like too big, where it's still happening. I mean, during COVID, I was like, everyone's like, dude, like you're one of the only people working. But I mean, I just went from shooting and having having crew to having no crew or two guys and shooting a house party video and you know getting COVID twice. So it was like. <laughs> Just down, you know, it took a step down because I was like, whatever, I just want to work. I just want to work. I just want to work. Yeah. Yeah. COVID was weird. I, I was fortunate during COVID. I, I shot a lot of films in, in 2020. Really? I think it was, I think I did seven films in 2020. Oh, dude. Okay. You said that. I wanted to ask yeah. you about that. Like, how do you, because okay. you have a family, like, like, man, like, that, and that's one of the things I was like, dude, like, like you said, like a lot of people, they're like, oh, yeah. They don't realize like it's really is 14 hour days. I like how you said 14 hour yeah. days, six days a week. Like that's intense, bro. Like how do you balance that? Like, is there no it's balance? It's hard. And it's and there's there is no balance, right? I think that's the that's the trick. Um, yeah, work-life balance is not it's just not a thing that exists. Um, when I'm here's here's the thing. I try to I try to be more and more like this. When I'm on a film, I let my wife and kids know I don't exist. Like nice. even if it's even if it's in Los Angeles, like and I'm coming home and I'm sleeping. I'm usually sleeping in the guest room and I don't exist. Don't expect the dishes to be done by me. Don't expect me to get the kids ready for school. Like I, when I'm on a film, it's a 14 hour day, six days a week. And I don't exist. Uh, even worse when I'm out of town, of course. Um, actually, my wife likes it more when I'm out of town because then it's like less of an expectation for me to help out in a mm-hmm. weird roundabout kind of way. Where it's just like, even though I'm home, I'm a zombie when I am. You know, or it's like my mind is very much on the film that I'm making. And so I just, I'm, I'm not very helpful. Um, but then when the film is over, let it be over yeah. and, and be very, and, and try to be intentionally present. And I'm not, I'm not saying this like I'm good at it yet. <laughs> this is, mm-hmm. this is something we're masochists, you and I, uh, anybody in the film industry, it's just like, we're, we, we just, we love the grind for whatever reason. And I try to more and more leave that behind. I try to be more present and be home and be intentional about what I do with my family um, when I'm not on a film. So that's, and I'm working on that. So you <laughs> but, let it uh, be, but are you involved that? in, are you involved in the, the, the color and, you know, after? I mean, obviously. Sure, it's, yeah, it's, it's usually just one or two days though. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, like I'll get a call or an email maybe like 
two months after we wrapped the film and they're like, hey, are you available this day to set the primaries and then this day to finalize the color on the film? Like, yeah, sure. And it's a very quick process. You know, we're doing I'm doing Hallmark Christmas movies and Lifetime thrillers and like mm-hmm. Tubi's been a little bit more of a um, creative uh, artistic journey. But um, for some That's of these other cool. films, like, yeah, we, we'll, we'll go in and set the primaries for the entire film in a day. And, uh, and then I'll come back and just finalize it probably another second day, you know, a few days later or something like that. So it's not, it's not too much. Yeah. And, what, and what's the but prep look like on the, on those? Pretty, pretty chill, you know, because I own most of the, the gear too. It's just, and I own the, a three ton combo truck that I'll, a uh, genie truck as well. So like, I know it's on that. I know what kind of shape it's in. So if I, if I need to have a gaffer, my key grip or a grip or someone come and just like go through everything and uh, everything in inventory, I'll have them do that. Um, I'll prep the camera package at my house, you know, cause it's like, here's all the gear. We'll do it usually a few days before the film starts, uh, at least a couple of days. Um, so that way if, if something isn't talking to each other, you know, there's a wireless issue or a lens issue or whatever, we can get it resolved through a rental house. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we haven't had too many problems. But as far so, as like uh, like creative goes, are you like spending yeah a lot of time yeah? So I mean, just just between scouting and um, and tech scouting and then kind of sitting with the director, honestly, it's not that involved. It's it's not a ton of stuff, uh, a ton of work. Cause they just like they just don't have the budgets for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and I and it is unfortunate because I would love I would love more actual prep on these films. I would love to be able to. There was one um, back in maybe. April, March or April that I did this year where, where it was a, the, the director is a great friend of mine and, and I really wanted to be there for her cause she was, it was kind of a big deal for her and her career. And so we did, we, we went to like, I mean, I scouted probably seven days on that film and she came over and we like reviewed different films and projects. And then we just kind of like, we're sending each other like visual references from shot deck back and forth a lot. So that, that one was like, uh, probably two solid weeks of prep. Um, mm-hmm. And b- beyond that, I'm maybe like three or four days on any other okay. project. Yeah. Interesting. So Good to know. Yeah. What about you? I mean, you're doing, if you do a music video, um, like the one I, we just talked about um, with Cardi B and Offset, um, I mean, that was like, I think two locations primarily, right? It was Villa Serena and then like a, a house maybe location yeah. or something like that so what, what kind of prep do you go into um and are you paid for that prep like if if you're doing a, a location scout are you trying to get all the locations in one day and then you're doing a tech scout with your keys what does that look like for music videos yeah that one um that one was a little bigger than most music videos so that was tech scout with keys um i met with uh jake the shooter who i think is co-direct i'm, I'm confused i think he's co-director as <laughs> we credited as and i made yeah. the uh Shot me and him made the shot list at his house, um, which is not typically normal for most music videos. But again, like that's one that we were trying to go hard on and elevate. So, yeah, I mean, that would probably be the most like meeting with the director one day, a scout and then the sh- and then the shoot unless there's a pre-light. And mm-hmm. are you getting paid for the the prep you do? It's all how you negotiate. Um, used to be no asking for it now. <laughs> Most of my friends are repped and they are like, yeah, my agent pushes for the, uh, for, a, for a prep day, you know, which, mm-hmm. which I think you hundred percent should get, obviously you do too, but you know, yeah. Are you repped? No, I'm not repped right now. No. Yeah. Were you repped before and you're just kind of between agents? Yeah, I was, I was before. 
I would like to be in the yeah. future for sure. Um, yeah, are you? I mean, you should, I'm not, I was, and I'm not, yeah, kind of the same deal, but, um, uh, I'm, I'm curious if, what did that, um, when you were repped? Cause I, I mean, your stuff is beautiful. Like you check out your Instagram and you've got a really great following and, uh, and your stuff is, is very unique and, and visually like just awesome to look at. Um, what, uh, what did, if anything, did your, your previous agent do? Like for me? Yeah. For you or where? Yeah. Um, they had told me to like reach out to, um, reach out to like certain directors, probably like give me a list of five or seven directors. I did that. It was cool. One director got mad and unfollowed me when I posted Logan Paul. So, you know, that's, you know, it's just like, that's the politics side of it, you know, which is, which is actually really dope to talk about because the old, the, the older and just more experienced I get, like the less, like, bro, I don't care. Like, technically, I don't care how the sensor works. I could care less. Like, CMOS and CMOS, totally. like, I don't care at all. Like, I mm-hmm. used to be that guy times 10. Like, research the forums. I don't care at all now. Like, I care about the politics and making people happy and what can I do, um, you know what I mean, to, to better the project. Like, like, and that's why when you say commercials, it's like people often think, like, oh, you're about the money. It's like, no, like, I, right now I'm enjoying, like, the aspect, like, it is kind of fun, like having the agency and then the creative director and the client and the and the director and like making these people happy, you know, like that's super dope. Like focusing on the politics of it. I just asked Brian Smaller, uh, color as a company three. I was like, dude, like you got to know this really well because I was like, you are coloring the highest level commercials and you got to have like what, like eight people. He's like, yeah, there's like eight people in here. And I'm like, dude, like how do you make all of them happy. He's like, well, you don't, you make them all equally unhappy. You know what I mean? It's like those <laughs> are conversations that, that matter yeah. so much more and that you don't learn in film school and that, you know, so much to make. Here's, here's what I like. Here's what I like about your work though, is that I, it, it's very unique. It's visually unique. You know what I mean? So I, you, so even though you are doing commercials and it's like, you, you know, someone mentions is like, Oh, he's doing like a, an Intel commercial. So it's going to look exactly the same. It's like, but it doesn't like, it doesn't look like the other Intel spots or your oh, new balance stuff. It's just, it doesn't, it's got like a, it's got a special, like interesting visual flair. And, and so, yeah, maybe you're doing commercials and, and you're getting some, you're getting paid well. I mean, I can't, I can't get mad at anybody for that. First of all, uh, if yeah, you're getting right. paid well for, for your craft and your, and what you're passionate about, that's like the, the dream, right? But uh, secondly, you've got your own visual flair. So like you, you have your own personal style and it shows up in your work. So, I mean, I, kudos, dude. Like, I, I think what you're doing is awesome. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's, what's next? What is the next, uh, what's the, what's the goal? Are you, are you making enough right now? Like, are you, are you satisfied financially with what you're making or do you, is it oh, no. uh, something that you, <laughs> what's that? No, yeah. no, never. No, no never. Just, yeah. How do I cop a $4 million crib in LA as the next play? You know, how does, how does that happen? You know, does, I does mean, any cinematographer do that? Well, exactly. So that being yeah. said, right. It's like, I remember being in film school and like people, forget like what they brought in a steady cam op one day and she was like yeah like you need to have something else other than dping and a lot of people were like mad kind of that she said that like the the harsh truth you know and i was like yeah i don't know like i want like whatever's real like i want to know and you know that's why i have gear that's why you have gear right it it, it yeah. allows you to make almost double sometimes or whatever triple yeah More. yeah and it's just like it's like i'm going to do something else and i'm in the process of figuring that out um i uh 
had a bunch of peer space locations with a director, business partner, Damien Sandoval. At the height of the pandemic, we when it was popping, we had 10 of them downtown going crazy. So like I've always, like I said, I, I'd listen to like podcasts of like people who start businesses and entrepreneurs. And, you know, I don't I don't know what it is yet, but like I think people like Jacob Owens with Prism Lens Effects, Tropicolor are, awesome. are paving yeah. the way for a lot of people to do unique things in the space. So and that, do you know him personally? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not super I'd love to get him on the yeah, I'd love to get him on the podcast because that's like that's exactly right. Where it's like he, here's someone that enjoys shooting, enjoys directing, but mm-hmm. then also has like this side hustle that turned into his main hustle. You know, like uh, with the, the prism prism effects lenses and or uh, uh, optics and stuff. So yeah, and then, you know, it's yeah. one example of someone who's you know successful. So it's like it is interesting and just just figuring just figuring it out, man. Talk to me about this pure space pure space thing. So did you did you like rent different spaces and then turn them into pure space locations? Was that uh, what you guys were up to? Yeah, for for the most part we did both. We rented commercial units and, you know, pre made prefabricated sets and rented them out and then we also got a house in Joshua Tree um and then turned that into a location and that was definitely one of the <laughs> the better moves we made for sure. Really? Did you get a lot of a lot of shoots out there? Yeah, at the time, at the time, man. Long story, we were killing it. Then we got um we got knocked off. Uh man, there's like again drama, right? We we have haters, we have competition, we have people that's basically snitched on us um because our house is in Joshua Tree. Not even in it's in twenty nine palms. So in order for it to show up in the pure space algorithm, you wanted to list it downtown. So we had to put it at a downtown address, but it says Joshua Tree House uh in the description. And you know, before you book, we obviously let you know. We never had an issue with that. But that that was like a an issue. So we got the house taken off of pure space, then we had Airbnb. I just got fined um ten thousand dollars this year for Airbnb without a permit. Um, which was less than we made on Airbnb last year. So, you know, it's a lot of, uh, lot of learning uh, curves, man. <laughs> but the hustle is alive and that's, and that's what's there, right? It's just like you're trying to, to, to figure out these different hacks, right? To try like, okay, what can we do to exploit some of these, these, new, these new situations, right? It's like how can I cheaply get a location and then rent it out? Because that's, that's one of the big bottlenecks. And that's what Pure Space. Pure Space is basically like an Airbnb for filmmakers, if, for those that don't know, where you can just like go on to purespace.com, see different locations and book them for your shoots. And it's like shoot specific. So you don't have to like find an Airbnb that you love and then just beg them to give you a decent rate to, to come and shoot there because most of them will say absolutely not because they, they always do it once, right? Every Airbnb gets hit up for film once and then a film oh. set shows up. And they just, they say never again, never again. (laughs) (laughs) All the neighbors get pissed everything's under the books. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. But, um, I I like that. And so, so what do you got going in the works then? If, if, if you're like, okay, I want that $4 million crib in LA, um, cinematography, maybe, you know, over 30 years could do it. But, um, but like for right now you're young and you're still, you know, you got this energy and this hustle. So what are you going to do now to, to make that happen? Exactly right. It's like, cool. Could I, I know I'm a good saver, right? Can I put stuff in a, 
high yield savings account or compounding interest mutual funds account, right, for X amount of years. And I've done all the calculations. It's like, cool, that's the slow way. Obviously, there's no yeah. get rich quick scheme. But um, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, as I said, tried a lot, lost a lot of money. I've bought lenses, <laughs> lost a lot of money. I bought a signature Zoom. That was the dumbest purchase I ever bought, the 65 to 300. Just sold that. Uh-huh. I lost like over to like 30 grand on that lens this year, you know, so I've been feeling Oof. it too. It's really tough to yeah. sell gear now. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I'm definitely more yeah. like, okay, I've lost a lot of like investing. I don't know if that's my thing. I've tried a lot. So I'm trying to, trying to figure out. Uh, I, know, might, the I might be there with you, man. I, I mean, I guess it's like, it's the slow thing, right? So it's, it's just not sexy. That's the problem with investing, right? Totally. So every, everything we do in our industry is glossy and sexy and fun and, and, you know, cameras and lenses, I mean, glass optics, it's like literally oh, yeah. like just this beautiful thing. And that's what we're just attracted to. And, and, um, yeah, it's so like, funny. it's like, oh yeah, if you, if you invest in this index 500 <laughs> over 30 years, you know, and it's like, then you, you can, you know, go to Hawaii and have it and have a Mai Tai or whatever. And it's like, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that in 30 years. I want to do that now, you know? And, uh, so it's like, that's, that's the, the thing, right? So. Yeah. I think it's a mixture, right? For me, it is. It's like a, a, you've got to have both, right? The the slow and steady, and then like maybe fifty percent of of your like uh, income that's coming in is is slow and steady growth, and then fifty percent can be the the sexy, flashy stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I would, dude. I would love to like sell something or sell a product. Like the the tough thing is like people like especially creatives like putting yourself in front of the camera you don't want to feel corny and you don't want to feel like you're trying to just like get stuff out of your audience i think patrick o'sullivan is the best example of like he has a course but he's doing it in the best way where it's actually really good actually really good value um which is like what i like i I, kids hit me up i'm like you want to learn like go just go to this dude and like go check out that course absolutely but um Yeah. yeah man just just trying to figure it out and like again jacob bowen's like the lens filters, like that's cool, you know. Um, yeah. Lawrence here, shot deck, that's shot a great deck. one. I'm like, damn, I, I'm gonna get him on the podcast because that's that to me. Shot deck, that that to me is like the epitome of create what creative income is supposed to be about. And here's mm-hmm. a here's a DP that's like shot, you know, the Hangover and the Joker, Joker films, and it's like, who doesn't need? But he's probably making more money on shot deck now than any of those films. I, I love him. it. Genius made it for free at first, right? Yeah. And now, uh-huh. now you can pay uh, monthly. I mean, yeah. like, like eye candy. You know, eye candy on Instagram. Uh-huh. I'm real curious. Like, they're gonna figure out a way to monetize that. Like, they've built totally. a crazy audience. You know, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to monetize. So it's there's plenty of opportunities. You know, things. Yeah. Like talk to me. Talk to me about this. Uh, the audience thing because your Instagram. What do you? How many followers do you have? Some thirty thousand, something like that. Yeah, thirty two. Yeah, yeah. thirty two thousand followers. So you've built, you have built an audience. How did you do that? First of all, and then second of all, how are you, if if at all, monetizing that audience? This is a, that's a good one. Um, I built it a lot by doing different types of content. The first time I went like viral in camera world was uh, I rented a gearhead, and I was there was like this DJ takeoff. Migos challenge and I like was DJing with the gearhead and it went viral got like 100k views is a while ago so like yeah. that happened and then I was like I've always been kind of goofy and like I started making like YouTube videos like jackass style and prank videos like when I was super young so like that side of me came out and I made a bunch of like TikToky real content 
Um, and that was good. It, it helped grow, but you know, you get a lot of hate for that. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. It definitely doesn't help you like creatively, you know? Mm. Um, <laughs> so that, I don't know, that, yeah. that helped me. And am, am I monetizing it? No. Um, I think a lot of people probably think like I get a lot more jobs off Instagram. I, I do, but it's not like, I mean, most of my jobs, it's all the old school word of mouth, you know, back to yeah. how did you get started when you moved to LA? Like, cool, you could do Craigslist, all this stuff. It, it's the oldest trick in the book. Show up to set, show up on time. Don't complain. Have a good attitude. Don't leave early. Right. And, and then the best, the best work possible, best work possible. Best and then people possible. call you back. hundred yeah. percent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Uh, what piece of advice do you have for young creative starting out? Man, I so I have a I have a notes because I feel like I wanted to give more like specifics of uh, awesome. You know, Man, you came uh, prepared. You came more prepared than me. <laughs> Man, I hope so, bro. You got like you like you said. You got to show up and show out. All right, this yeah. there's a bunch, man. I, you're gonna have to tell me to shut up because I could keep going on. But it. I'll just start with like simple ones, especially on this type of stuff. I do short form content. You show up early. Guess what? Talent's not there a lot of times. The director might yeah. not even be there. So what are you going to do? You got a crew. What are you going to do? Start shooting. Always start shooting Ooh. direct. It's going to make you look super good for your director. Start shooting B-roll. Start shooting the house. I don't care. Get the get the artist clothes. Shoot close-ups of the clothes. They'll be like, oh, sick. Whatever, bro. Awesome. Just start shooting. You know what I mean? Before. Uh, love that. I love that advice. That's something I never, I never even thought to do. I love that. Um, this one I, I like personally, and it's just obviously treating people with respect, but mm-hmm. you really do never know who anyone is. And that's not the reason to treat people with respect, but I've been hired by PAs. I've been hired so many times by the BTS people. I'm mm-hmm. always nice to them. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like been hired by editors, like just, just be, just be a good person. Like, I think uh, you're from, you're from here, you're from Glendale, right? Uh, Glendora. Glendora, dude. So like, yeah, yeah like, you know, I don't, I don't want to just like speak on LA cause I'm not originally from here, but I, f- I do feel like a lot of people come here and they just try to finesse and like get to the top the quickest. And it's like, dude, legit. Now I can say as someone who's been doing this for a little, like legit people hire you six years, like that you work with six years ago, like that feature, the person who hit me up, I was like, Whoa, like, that's crazy. Like <laughs> legit last night when I was DMing you, same thing, six, like someone hit me up from six years ago. I did one job with them and I was like, how did you even remember to recommend me? Like, that's crazy. So, and they, wow. and that's what they said. They're like, yeah, you were, you were cool. Like, and I was we're like, nice. Wow. <laughs> you did a good job and you were nice. <laughs> yeah. I, actually it's probably that you were nice first, right? Like from, yeah. someone from six years ago hitting you up. It's like, yeah, I just remember you were cool on set. Like, not that you're, stuff looks amazing or that, uh, you know, it was the best looking, whatever. It's like, no, he was, he was really great to work with first of all. Yeah. And that's some of the criticism I got. Like I said, I used to do like a lot more goofy videos and stuff. So like, I forget who, I don't know obviously who said it, but it got back to me. Someone was like, yeah, dude, like this kid was like, Oh, BB the GP. Like I worked with him on set and he was like, so serious. I'm like, yeah, of course I'm serious. Like, what do you expect me to be goofing off? Like making a reel, like on set, like it's, you know, it's a lot of money being spent per minute. Like, of course I'm yeah. be zoned in, you know? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Anything else you got? You see, so you got some notes. I want to, I want to see if you got anything else. Um, yeah. Well, actually I want to ask you a question um, sure. that I, that I asked DPs cause it is something I'm still trying to figure out. So you're on set, you're shooting your, your movie and the AD is pressing you. They are like, mm-hmm. Hey Lars, we got to go. I don't care about your lights, man. Just, just turn on the camera. We got to go. We're behind. We got to go. 
pressing you, pressing you, pressing you. What do you do? Do you do you just turn on the camera? All right, let's shoot. Do you, do you try to buy more time? Do you make up an excuse? What do you do, man? <laughs> uh, I unfortunately am a little bit of a slave to the AD. Um, okay. I, I very much care about the schedule. I very much care about making the 12 hour day. Cause that's in, in my, in the feature film world, that is like, if you're going over, like you don't get hired again. doesn't matter how good or bad the stuff looks. Um, really? so we don't, we do not go over 12s. Uh, we really, really don't. Um, very, very, very rarely. No, we just don't. Um, cause they just like, it's just not in the budget. And the budgets are incredibly tight. It's not like a, we've got a 40% baked in whatever for production. It's like, no, it's <laughs> like every dollar is actually the dollar that is going to be spent. And uh, so so it's, it's a balance. Um, I've gotten to the point where I will go through the top of the day with the AD and the director for every scene we're shooting uh, with my gaffer and key grip. Um, and this is kind of my process to, to a long way of explaining the question, the answer. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll, we'll walk through every scene uh, that we're going to be shooting that day. And the director will say, yeah, I think they're going to come in through this door and they're going to sit down on this couch and I'll go, okay, great. And then I'll start giving, uh, you know, directions to my team. I'll say, we're going to put the uh, 4K outside, the sky panels come inside, the 1200, whatever. Like, and, I'll, and I'll give them all these notes and, and maybe they're not – putting the heads there, but they're running the lines, they're dropping the combo stands, they're having sandbags, they're putting cutters mm-hmm. uh, close by um, so that everything is pretty staged. And when we wrap the previous scene and we're coming to that room, all the heads move and everything's plugged in and ready to go. Everybody's got the, you know, my gaffer's got his iPad and everything's ready to be dialed in so that during the rehearsal, we're setting exposures. Um, and that after once, once the rehearsal's over, we're shooting like 95% of the time. You know what I mean? So it's, there is no, we're like, you know, it's like, it's, it's really a process of when you do, when I've done 40 feature films over the last 10 years, um, it's one of those things where I know (laughs) what issues I'm going to have, what reflections I'm going to see, uh, what my exposures are going to be, where the sun's going to be. So it's just one of those things where it's just like, I've put my 10,000 hours in and then some. And mm-hmm. so everything's like 95% dialed by the time we call cut on the rehearsal. So that by, by that time, it's just like a couple of tweaks, maybe we'll switch out for the opal for something a little heavier or whatever. And then we're going, we're rolling. And so I, I very much care about the schedule. Um, and, and it just depends on what it is. But for feature films, I do. Absolutely. So I, I, so the, to, to answer your, your question in the, in the shortest way possible, I don't get that pushback from the AD ever. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. Okay. Okay. Lars. <laughs> it, <laughs> it seems like, uh, it seems like though, like I've, I've asked a couple of DPs just like in, not on podcasts, just a personal, and it, you know, it's, a lot of people say the same thing where it's like, your answer is almost like the best answer is in pre-pro. So you don't even get there, you know, and that's uh, the mm, best thing to, do to, to protect yourself. But I guess it's um, the like second thought on that is more just like it's two different personality types, right? I feel like I'm like you, yeah. where we're, we're go go with the flow and agreeable, and then I know DPs that are very much pushed back and like no, like the light, <laughs> I do the light, and it's like you know, in in their defense, like I know some people who are shooting really big commercials and really artsy stuff, and they're like that, and oftentimes how you you know what I mean like we all think about what we could do better. I'm like, damn, like, am I too, too, like, 
chill. You know what I mean? Should I be more like, <laughs> no, like absolutely not. Like I'm lighting this for another hour. Like, go, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know man. I, and, and maybe, maybe I need to have a different balance, right? Where it's like, I, I, I've gotten very comfortable with uh, 95% there, unfortunately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I can get something 95% dialed in where, you know, it's like the extra 5% takes twice as long and 0.1% of my audience is going to notice a difference. Like then mm. I, I usually, I usually say I'm satisfied with this 95%. And that is unfortunately a result of the medium uh, mm-hmm. for me, where it's just like, we're making these 14 day feature films and I just, I know I don't have like the time and I don't want to get that pushback from the AD. I really don't want to go over. I want to make sure the director feels like she or he has enough time to uh, get the rehearsal and kind of iron out the kinks and, and then, and get as many takes as they feel like they need. Um, so that 95% for me is pretty good. I think there's a world where I want to be more of that perfectionist, you know, and I don't, I don't know what it looks like yet. If I were, if I were doing more like commercial or, you know, we're doing seven shots a day instead of 40, where right. it's like, then, then I, then I can be like, okay, cool. Like, no, sorry, guy. We are not ready to roll. We need we need an extra ten minutes. We're going to switch this unit out or switch this rag out. We're going to try something else. We're going to make sure it is one hundred percent before we roll. Um, mm. And I just I don't have a lot of those opportunities yet, but I I love them. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's like the the more you do, the better you get, and you seem yeah. to be master at you know that uh, workflow. So yeah. it sounds dope. Well, cool. All right, man. Well, thank you so. I'm gonna we'll, we'll call it here because I th- I think this was an awesome episode. Um, I I can't thank you enough for for jumping on last minute and 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 doing this. Yeah, likewise, man. Was, I know we have a lot of mutuals. Uh, was checking out, so yeah. it's good to good to meet you virtually. Yeah, you too, man. <laughs> let's uh let's uh, meet up and grab and grab a meal or something in the future. For sure. <laughs> Thanks guys so much for listening. I loved how Brian was asking me questions. I feel like that doesn't happen very often. So hopefully you guys learned a little bit more about me and uh, yeah, I had a great time. Thanks so much, Brian, for being on the podcast. Again, guys, if you can, please share the podcast with some friends. Uh, Word of mouth growth is my favorite kind of growth and um, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.